0: This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB.
1: Hey, welcome to the show. Tuesday edition. Jim Toth is off. Kelly Moore uh, is in studio. My co-host for today. Kelly, how you doing? I am well, Mr. Cameron. I am well. Yes, absolutely. Lots of info, lots of stuff going on. It, there is pure and nothing but action going mm-hmm. on. Uh, In Nashville, we are going to touch in on all that as we are on the eve of the NHL draft. Of course, uh, the NHL awards were handed out yesterday. Uh, um, Connor McDavid, the big winner, pulling in four pieces of hardware. Uh, He brings in the Art Ross, he brings in the Rocket Richard, he brings in the Ted Lindsay, he brings in the Hart Trophy. um, As uh, the the individual accolades continue to pop up for him, fifth time
2: first all star too.
1: Yeah, no, no, nothing, nothing major. Uh, A couple Jets also just missing those lists. We'll get into that as the show goes on. Of course we'll also touch on Pierre-Luc Dubois the latest and all the other information as well as Brad Lambert Jets prospect 30th overall pick from the 2022 draft will be joining us right after 12 30 so make sure you are sticking around for that conversation uh, but there was an article that w- came out yesterday actually I think around the time we were we were on the air uh, and it's by Luke Fox one of my favorite uh, writers um, uh, in the NHL and he is with Sportsnet and he joins us now uh, hey Luke how you doing
0: I'm doing fantastic. I'm in Nashville uh, with the rest of the hockey world and getting ready for a pretty newsy week. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, but I think there's going to be a lot of news breaking, hopefully some some big trades as well.
1: Absolutely. And uh, you wrote an article yesterday, and you put it out about Connor Hellebach, of course, uh, this being the home of the Winnipeg Jets, six eighty C J O B. Uh, this, of course, really, really piqued uh, our interest here. Um, and you, 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 it sounded like you caught up to him on the on the NHL awards floor, or you, you found him somewhere, and you had a, a pretty in depth in depth conversation with us. And so, your article is great, by the way. I love your writing; loved it for a long time. Uh, one thing I always find funny, and, and he mentioned this a couple of times, uh, Hellebuck, when, when somebody says, I haven't really put a lot of thought into my future, or you <laughs> know, sometimes it causes me to roll my eyes a little bit, because I, I just don't buy it. So so I'll ask you a question that he was kind of brushing off. What feeling did you get from Hellebuck well, when you had your conversation with him?
0: Yeah, I mean, he didn't come out and, and say it, but my feeling is that he's ready for a change of scenery. Um, he's, you know, he's was here because he was nominated for another Vesna. didn't win it. It went to Linus Allmark. Um, But he already has one of those. And uh, he just kind of felt like the individual awards don't matter as much to him anymore. He's at the stage where he really just wants to compete for a Stanley Cup. And he's a smart enough guy. He sees where the Jets are at in their cycle. Um, You know, we fully expect Pierre-Luc Dubois to get traded uh, as early as maybe today. Um, And you know th- This team is, is kind of in a, in a reset mode. I know they're not going to go full scorched earth and sell, sell off everything. I, I think Kevin Cheveldeup wants to, to still dress a competitive team, but Hellebuck is up. He has one more year on his contract. He realizes that this team's where it's at in its cycle. It's probably not going to help him win a Stanley Cup, and, and that's really all that he cares about right now. So he didn't come out and say it, but I think he'd be totally open to a trade. Um, but he said, basically, my fate is in their hands. He has no say over, over how things go. If, if the Jets decide to bring him back into training camp and walk him all the way to free agency, they can do so. Uh, but right now, I, I think he's very much open to a trade. Um, he's kind of leaving that in the hands of his agent and the GM. Uh, but he said, all I can control is what I can control. It's, you know, typical... Mm-hmm. A thing an athlete say, and he's going to give it his all. He's already back on the ice, and he said he's having fun, you know, practicing again. He's he's getting ready for a season. He said wherever that that may be. Yeah. Um, and and if he wanted to be a jet, he would have said, you know, he would have come out and say it. Sometimes it's not what they say; it's what they don't say. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of just saying, I'm ready to. To give my offer, whatever team that that would be,
1: yeah, and it's the only real trade chip that he's sort of holding on to that gives him a little bit of power is sort of the ability to say I'm just going to run out this one year deal. And I'm going to become a UFA. Uh, you know, of course, a team that's going to look to acquire Connor Hellebuck, Uh maybe some teams would be interested with him on just this one year deal and see how things happen. But I think majority of them would want to be able to tie him up for you know medium to long term.
0: Oh no, absolutely, and it would be it would serve the Jets. Uh, best if if they find a trade partner mm-hmm. that is willing to sign them to an extension too, right? Like if the if the acquiring team is interested in, in getting a player, whether it's Hellebuck or, or Dubois or whoever, um, you, you usually get more return uh, if if the team is willing to commit. Um, so it's in the best interest of everyone if you know Shovel and Hellebuck's agent and the the interested teams if they all work together and try to find a landing spot that he's happy with, that he's willing to sign an extension with, because generally, in those cases, uh, the Jets would get a better return for that trade.
2: Uh, You know, for a guy with a Twitter handle, uh, at LukeFoxJupeBox, you are (laughs) in the right locale, for sure. Uh, Just to address that last point that you made, Luke, uh, it's Kelly Moore here, by the way, from 680CJOB as well. Uh, You know, you often hear, uh, at the trading deadline, that uh, you know you could probably make a better deal uh, at at the draft. So I'm wondering if the Jets are not able to trade Connor Hellebuck uh, over the course of this week, heading into unrestricted free agency, uh, and they start the season with him. Uh, is it possible that Kevin Chevaldayoff could possibly get closer to at least? breaking even on a Connor Hellebuck trade at the deadline or do you think the best case scenario to do that is this off season? Yeah
0: it's possible I'm not ruling it out that that would be the the drop dead deadline would be you know next February or March or whatever they March
2: that,
0: 1st that, yeah uh, oh it's already said okay there you go so um but generally especially with the the cap relatively flat it's only going up a million bucks so you know, when you talk to GMs, they all want to basically have their, their ducks in a row around this time at the draft, because they don't want to be, especially, you know, Hellebuck is over $6 million. And it's like, teams just don't have that sort of cap flexibility in season very often. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially contenders, contenders are all at the cap. Um, Otherwise you're, you're dealing into a team with cap room, but that's not where he wants to go. He doesn't want to go to Arizona or Chicago or something like that. So, Most GMs want to kind of figure out their main pieces right now, this week. So this is where the majority of the business gets done, especially big deals that involve, you know, major players like a Hellebuck, like a Dubois. So they need to figure this out this week. Uh, The complicating factor is right now the goalie market is a little bit flush with options. Uh, You know, there's free agents like uh, Tristan Jari, Antti Ranta, Frederick Anderson, but there, there's quite a few goalies um, available for trade. So uh, it's, it's a tricky little dance here going on. And, and generally with goalies, what happens is once the first domino follows, all the GMs rush to, to try and grab a goalie because there's only so many of them. Now, in Hellebuck's case, he's far and away the best available guy. It's just what team does he want to sign with? And, you know, what's, what's the return going to be? There's a lot of, you know, moving parts there.
2: Yeah, and and further complicating the issue too, Luke, is that and and justifiably so, uh, it is generally understood that Connor's looking for Andre Vasilevsky type money. Yeah, and so there are only so many options. <laughs> I know in, in your article you didn't address that situation, but did anybody else ask about, you know, are, are you willing to waver at all on what your ask would be on an extension? And, and just, you know, with what you know of the situation, Luke, do you think there's maybe going to have to be a little bit of uh, maneuvering on the hell of a cap side?
0: Yeah, there may be. Um, now, the good thing is, you know, right now his cap hit is reasonable, right? Yes. over 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 six and then win that that big money that he's looking for. If he's looking in the $9 million range, I don't think we're going to see another $10 million Sergei Bobrovsky-type deal. Mm-hmm. But if he's looking to get in that conversation of Basilewski, Vas Basilewski's Bas, at 9.5. If he's looking to get high 8, 9, you know, the, the way goalies are, are going and, and the amount of wear and tear Hellebuck has, like since he's been in the league, no one's played more hockey. Uh, in in the goaltending position than Hellebuck, so I think teams should be a little bit wary of the wear and tear here. Uh, that's not to take away from his performance. He's you know mm-hmm. a clear number one in a in a league that doesn't have 32 clear number ones. So he's got that going for him. I think he's worth nine million bucks. But I guess what he has going for him in terms of the timing is that the cap should go up you know four million approximately in 2024 and that's when uh, his raise would kick in wherever he signs that. So in that respect, it it, it could work out in his favor because his raise is aligning with when the cap is going to take a serious jump, which is a year from now.
1: Yeah,
2: either shorter term or less money. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah.
1: that's a really great point. Uh, Luke, thanks so much for joining us. Luke Fox, NHL writer with Sportsnet. Uh, Really appreciate you jumping on with us. I I really do. Thanks, And, and have fun down in Nashville. I mean, the draft's always a blast.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on, and I'll try to squeeze in a little bit of fun between.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, take one for the team, Luke. <laughs> don't spend yeah, too much yeah. time on Twitter. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh yeah. Okay. Uh, take care, Luke. Yeah, I mean it's okay. going to be up uh, as we head to break here. It's going to be up to the Winnipeg Jets to, to take. You know, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, it's the point that Luke's making that making the decision in the off season because of salary caps getting yeah. so tight. It makes more sense, but. It's, it's, what, what if what if you don't get the value that you think that you deserve well, this offseason? Yeah, and I mean, it is the it, questions. Yeah,
2: it's almost impossible. I would suggest yeah. to uh, to break even on that trade. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to cut your losses the best you can. And I don't know. I think you can cut your losses the best you can now, rather than at the trade deadline.
1: I happen to agree with you there, Kelly Moore. Uh, we'll be on. Uh, we'll take a break on the other side. Two Winnipeg Jets ah, narrowly miss. Uh so by <laughs> that much. Absolutely. Yeah, first and, and, and second All-Star team uh, announcements uh, as well. Those came out yesterday. A couple Jets just missing there. Um, uh, and lots of other stuff coming up here. Brad Lambert, uh, 1230, is going to be joining us right after the 1230 News. Cameron Poitras, Maxwell Smart here. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the the program here. Cameron Poitras, Kelly Moore, Jim Toth will be back tomorrow. Uh, The first and second All-Star teams were announced yesterday by the NHL and two Jets just uh, missed out on both of those lists. Uh, Josh Morrissey finishing fifth in defensive voting, missing that top four spots, and uh, goaltender Connor Hellebuck finishing third, missing those uh, first two positions there.
2: Yeah, just 49 points Crazy. between Hapis Lindholm of Boston and Josh Morrissey. It was a little bit bigger of a gap between Ilya Sorokin yes. and Connor Hellebuck for the second All-Star Were team. Were you surprised by that? Uh, not really, no. no. Sorokin was outstanding mm-hmm. for the New York Islanders. Uh, and, and, you know, it's that uh, old thing where more eyes see you when you're playing in the East than in Central Canada yeah. in the smallest market in the NHL. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel
1: like Connor Hellebuck, uh, you know, him finding a way – to be nominated this past Whoa. year, especially there was Linus Allmark. He was going to get the spot. Uh, I mean, it oh, Linus like, Allmark yeah, was yeah.
2: He he, he had the Vesna. It was up, like you
1: know. it was like Eric Carlson. I mean, it was a it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Regardless of what you think about his defensive play, when you have a defense that scores hundred points, yeah, he I mean,
2: had uh, he had a memorable memorable type season for a very poor team and carried a lot of that on his own shoulders. So a-
1: absolutely, let's take a break. Let's come back after the twelve thirty news coming up. Brad Lambert Jets prospect last that
2: Hayes trade by the way now confirmed
1: now confirmed okay yeah. perfect thanks Kelly uh, Brad Lambert Jets prospect from 2020 to the 30th overall pick will be joining us he'll be calling into the show right after the 1230 news don't go anywhere and we'll get into the latest around Pierre-Luc Dubois and all the other information floating around there about the Winnipeg Jets and this action-packed offseason we'll be right back
0: Jets at noon
1: on 680 CJOB Cam Poitras, Kelly Moore uh, in studio. Jim Toth off today. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Kevin Hayes. Uh, now that deal confirmed. Uh, the Flyers in St. Louis teaming up uh, to move Kevin Hayes over to the Blues for a sixth round pick. While also retaining half of Hayes's salary for the next uh,
2: three years. Yeah, that's a lot of money to pay someone to not play for you. <laughs> yeah, and for the for, next three years.
1: In uh, three years, that's a significant amount of time. Yeah, you know, maybe you're going to pick like the Flyers. I don't think that they care too much if it's going to be one year, maybe even two, but three. I mean, you, you hope that that's going to be the point when you're starting to turn the corner, perhaps on a playoff team. But you know, you're starting to pick up some wins.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, and, and it's kind of interesting. You know, you have uh, Winnipeg vehemently opposed to a rebuild, and it's full-on, tear down the house, you know, maybe even change the linen and the uh, and the drapes, too, in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nashville, too. I mean, uh, Barry Trotz. To uh, a certain degree. But, yeah. I mean, you know, as, as Barry Trotz mentioned the other day, you know— UC Soroos, Roman Yossi, and Philip Forsberg yeah. going nowhere. Yeah, you know they, those are the pieces they want to try to build around. And you know, and they showed camp. They, I mean, with that young team, mm-hmm. they were able to hang in there. Look at those two games they played against Winnipeg. The yeah. Jets were hard pressed to win both of those games. I was really impressed with them. I yeah. really was. Yeah. And uh, you know, that was a team that they they you know, they, then, they sold. You know, yeah. a lot. and then the, and then a lot of the. Yeah. Uh, players that played there, went down to the uh, AHL of Milwaukee and got them all the way to the conference finals in the Calder Cup playoffs you know, before they lost to Coachella Valley. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and then Coachella Valley, and, wow, that was that was a crazy game seven in the AHL there. And yeah. uh, Coachella, I mean, the, the youngest team against the oldest team, Hershey Bears, uh, long story team as well. Uh, Patrice Bergeron uh, winning the 2023 uh, Selkie here. I mean, perhaps his retirement year, I would say likely, Uh, his retirement year. We'll see if he's going to decide to come back. You know, I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but a sixth time, yeah,
2: a sixth time. Um, You know, there's always talk about modernizing the names of the NHL awards. Yeah. And and there's one where you could almost uh, say, you know what, it might be time to rename the top defensive forward Mm -hmm. award after Patrice Bergeron because he he has set a standard. Absolutely, 100%.
1: I mean, what do you think about that? whole discussion, Kelly, changing the names of the, of the, of
2: the, I think, I think you should, because there's yeah. old timers like me who've been around forever. Uh, and even the names now go back to a generation before me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. So I, I would say, you know, if you're looking to attract new and younger fans and, uh, certainly give them names to have proper context with, it's not a bad idea.
1: Yeah. When I look at the one, like the one that resonates just because it was a larger than life figure, uh, Rocket Richard, I mean, everybody who follows the NHL yeah. still is still, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to change that one as well. But that one that, that really sticks out, yeah. Vesna Norris,
2: uh, Hart, you yeah. know, Ted Lindsay. um, yeah, Ted Lindsey, because he was so impactful mm-hmm. in in uh, creating the Players Association. Uh, you know that'd be an NHLPA decision, and I don't think they'd have any appetite for that. At How all. many people nowadays
1: know that the Norris family owned the Red Wings at yeah. one point? You know what I yeah, mean? So sure. yeah, yeah that, that's an ongoing discussion here. I mean, that's that's up to some some bigger brains uh, than than me. That's uh, that's for sure. We're waiting on uh, Brad Lambert to give us a call. Uh, we got uh, we're, we're just waiting on a,
2: a, you know, and, a call from and, him. And yeah. just before Brad, uh, you yeah. know, hopefully he dials. In I've just uh, reached out to the Jets communication mm. department to say, "Hey, yeah, uh, where's Brad?" Yeah, um, but you know, oh. I it, it was such a great deal. Is he uh, connected with us now? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, let's get him on. Uh, just uh, we got the producers just answering okay, the phone sure. call there, yep. so. Um, but anyway, the, yeah. the decision for him to go to Seattle, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whether that was made in concert with the Jets or, or uh, you know, that was just a Jets decision and, and Brad went, turned out to be uh, potentially career altering for him.
1: Yeah. And joined now by Jets prospect Brad Lambert, 30th overall pick last year. Hey, Brad, how you doing? Good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Um so, like, tell me about your your, your last year. I, I know that when you, I mean you, you you joined up, you 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 were you were with the Winnipeg Jets during the preseason. You went down to the Manitoba Moose. Uh, you 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 were down there for a bit, and then you finally went for the first time. And what were probably perhaps felt like ages for you, able to play with teammates and opponents your own age instead of spending all that time against adults uh, as a teenager. Uh, what was the biggest change and the biggest transition that you felt for making that move?
3: Yeah, I think obviously it wasn't wasn't my decision to make that move, but uh, you know, st- started off with a good training camp and had a really good experience in Winnipeg, both uh, in training camp and in the American League to start the season, and then uh, you know went to the World Junior, and after I got a call that uh, I'm going to going to Seattle, and and uh, you know just tried to make the best out of the opportunity there, obviously. Got a big role. Got to play a lot. Got to play with my own age group. We had a great group of guys, so it was a lot of fun.
1: Do you feel like uh, did Did you enjoy the playing with your guys your own age? I mean, of course, you'd you'd want to stay and you want to be with the you want to be playing with the adults. But what was was it a good change? Was it a bad change, or it was just something that you had to go through?
3: Yeah, I mean, I got uh, got a lot of ice time, got a lot of opportunities on so that way. I think it was a it was a good change. You know, get the, get to be on the ice, get to be on the go-to guys uh, was was huge for
2: me, I think. Well, the way you were wheeling around at Canada Life Center in Game 2 of that Western Hockey League final, I'd say you were enjoying yourself uh, uh, pretty well, Brad. Uh, Just when you look back, as you mentioned, it wasn't necessarily your decision to go to Seattle. Uh, But when you look back at last year uh, as a whole, spending most of uh, uh, your year uh, playing in the North American ranks, whether it was pro or amateur, how much do you think that's going to help you going forward this year when you prepare for training camp?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's obviously going to help. Uh, you know, I think I've played in, played in rooms like that before, too, though, in international competition and stuff. So I don't think the adjustment is huge. But, uh, you know, uh, it'll definitely help. And, uh, you know, it was a great time in Seattle. I got, uh, got to win a championship, which was awesome, so
2: a couple things with the Seattle experience. A, you got to play down the middle between mm-hmm. Reed Schaefer and Dylan Gunther. Uh and and B, you were playing for the best defensive team uh in the entire Canadian Hockey League ranks. Are you a more complete player now, Brad, uh, than you were 12 months ago?
3: Uh yeah, I think so. Obviously getting to getting to play center and improve with that, improve with uh you know, winning puck battles down low, jumping on those pucks and, and getting them out of our D zone now and improving in my, my physical play down low against, you know. Uh, my my own age group uh, was, was big that I got, uh, you know, uh, got uh, I can like knock guys off the pucks and, and stuff like that. Just need to get stronger to be able to do that uh, at the men's level now too. At 26,
1: six goals in the playoffs, you becoming a setup man, Brad?
3: Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, playing with, playing with uh, Gunther and Schaefer, they're two pretty good shooters. So, uh, you know, uh, if uh, I was laughing in the playoffs, I only had like, I think I had 10 assists before I had a goal. I was, every time I got a chance to shoot the puck, there was, there was one of those guys in a better spot. So, uh, you know, just uh, made the right play.
1: Uh I know you've been working with the Jets development staff Jimmy Roy and 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 Mike Keenan you've been in lots of contact with them in, in Seattle and with the organization. Uh what's it been like getting feedback from those guys and 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 uh, working with
3: them? Yeah, I know it's been awesome. Uh you know, thanks that they they came and made the trip down there quite a few times and uh you know, spent a lot of time with me, which was which was great. Uh so uh it's it's been great working with them.
2: So with your teammates, uh Brad uh was it Big Bad Brad for the nickname that stuck, or was it Lambo?
3: Uh, it was Lambo for the most part. Uh, I mean, uh, every once in a while, they would call it big bad, but, uh, you
2: know, I think uh, Lambeau is what we were going with. Yeah, right on. Hey, uh, just as you prepare for uh, what will be your first full professional season, you mentioned you did start the year, you know, playing for the Jets in the preseason and then with the Manitoba Moose, but this will be the first year that you've played uh, uh, professionally in North America. I guess I should uh, also uh, uh, make that uh, uh, mention as well. Um, is it going to be the kind of thing brad where uh i know i'm pretty sure you had a parent that was with you in seattle uh will you look at maybe a billet family type of arrangement here in winnipeg or uh have you gained enough uh, confidence and that sort of thing that uh, you're ready to go out on your own now
3: yeah i mean i think uh my my dad lived with me in seattle so uh I think if if I wanna live with him, uh he'll he'll come down to Winnipeg and we'll get a place. Uh but at the start of the year I lived with live with Chaz, so that was pretty good too. So uh, you know we haven't planned that out yet, but we'll see what happens. Uh I wanted
1: to ask you this question here. Uh what makes a good professional hockey player in your mind?
3: Uh I think just doing all the all the little things right, uh, you know, being disciplined, uh and you know, eating right, sleeping right, uh, training right—I think uh, those are the biggest things. You know, if you if you do those things right, you you get better every day, and, and you know that's what it's all about.
2: You've always struck me, Brad, as a you know kind of a laid-back guy away uh, from uh, the rink. So I'm wondering uh, how much uh, more fun, or at least less stress, you're experiencing uh, during your visit to Nashville than a year ago in Montreal.
3: Yeah, I think uh well I'm not in Nashville right now.
2: Oh you're not? Oh, okay.
3: No, no, but I'm in I'm in Saskatoon, uh you know, enjoying time with family and and uh golfing and getting getting some training and so uh it's uh it's been relaxing for sure. Is
1: it a family rider fans, uh, Brad? Uh
3: yeah, I mean I think so, but not huge into football. I think we enjoy <laughs> hockey. Okay. All
1: right, just checking. I'm just making sure. Uh, Brad Lambert, Jets prospect, thirtieth uh, uh, overall pick, uh, joining us. Uh, Brad, really, really appreciate you taking the time and and and, and popping on the show and enjoy the off season. And, and we'll are, are you going to be here for the development camp in July? Yeah,
3: I'll be flying there on the third.
1: Okay, well then we'll see Perfect. you here in just a little bit, and and then we'll see you again uh, in September for camp. Brad, thanks so much.
3: Yeah, sounds good. Thanks,
1: thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, our pleasure. Uh, let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. We'll get into uh, the latest surrounding the Winnipeg Jets offseason, some news, what's going on, what are the rumors. Well, there's lots of rumors, Kelly. There's been tons tons of rumors. There's been lots of talk.
2: That's the most fun thing about covering a draft. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and everybody's in the same spot. You have the insiders, you have the teams, and everybody's looking at, did you just see he went and talked to that guy? Yeah, shovel day off was just, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All this stuff. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Jim Toth is off. He will be back tomorrow. I'm here. Kelly Moore is here in studio. Uh, lots of stuff coming out regarding Pierre-Luc Dubois. Tons of reporting going on. Huh. Uh, some claims things are getting heated up. We're hearing there's grinding away still being done. Uh, I, You know what? What I can say for certain, Kelly is we don't know in this thing if and when it is going to come together.
2: Yeah. Uh, unless there's someone actually sitting in the room uh, with Kevin Chevalier off and his uh, associates, mm-hmm. I don't know that you could uh, say with great conviction, this is what's happening. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, and Darren Drager, who is as tapped in as as many are uh you just saw a neat tweet from him and cam i had actually not thought about this but if you do the sign and trade mm-hmm. with pierre luc dubois and it's in that upper 8 uh, to lower 9 register mm-hmm. you know and 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 again i'm i'm Lee Iafolo's name has been one of those that have been mentioned. And yes. I think his cap hits around $4 million if, if memory serves I, I me think it, I think it's exactly 4000000 million. I'll, so, okay. I'll just get that so in a second. Now, yeah. with my rural BC one-room school math. <laughs> it, is it It is four for the next two right. years. Right. Okay. So yep. if you had to go nine for Pierre-Luc Dubois and then add Iofolo's four, the Jets right now are at 12.9 uh, cap space remaining. <laughs> correct. So, yeah. So four... Plus nine is thirteen. They'd be now. You can be ten percent over, so there's a little <laughs> bit of wiggle room there. But you know, those are the kind of things. You know, if it's going to be a sign and trade type of deal, that would enter into it uh, as well. So uh, yeah, and we you know, and we were talking about this yesterday, Kelly, about how cl- complex this move is. Oh, absolutely. And, and this uh, was
1: this was that tweet you just mentioned from Darren Drager, uh, friend of the program. As we've been reporting, the PLD trade is complex at this stage. King slash Dubois talking extension, a Winnipeg sign and trade. It's complicated because it has to work for both teams' cap, including Winnipeg's, yeah. for the brief time he signs a Jets. So how they get that eight years instead of the seven is he signs as a member of the Winnipeg Jets, exactly and then he gets moved to Los Angeles.
2: Right, but yeah. again, you know, the number is very important. If it's 8.9, and then you have Lee Ayafola at 4, yeah. while well, you're at 12.9, so the Jets could handle that. But then... You wouldn't have if it's Gabriel Velarde, and, we're, and these are names that have been speculated. I Correct. don't know, uh, but you know, the, I'm just trying to uh, paint a picture of the complexity of it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, then you would have to take Velarde on, still as a restricted free agent. You know, w- will the Jets want maybe? You know, some uh, uh, you yeah. know, a, a hard and fast contract with him as well before they do this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm glad I'm glad it's them and it's not me because. <laughs> well, and,
1: and I think that there are other things that it, just just like this cap issue. There's other things that are yeah. could potentially tie up this deal. Just like you mentioned, Kelly, no, about no. Gabriel Velarde. You know, no. I know he's coming in as an RFA, and the Jets would have control, but you would have to think that they would want to have some sort of pen to if paper. If they feel they, as confident about, yes. you know,
2: and they and their scouting staff and their professionals mm-hmm. Uh, uh, people have have watched these players play enough that they would have a pretty good book on whether uh, it's the right idea to see if you could negotiate something beyond two or three years with these players. But I just I just trying to paint a picture of of you know the different types of hurdles that mm-hmm. have to be cleared uh, before. You know, you're, you're you know, you're you're third and one at the one goal line yeah. type of thing yeah. and, and or the, the one yard line. And one
1: thing that you mentioned, and it was in it was on Monday uh, during your Jets report, which um, which we're going to be wrap was going to be our final week coming in here. But yeah. it's you, you hear it at, at, at 755, 255, 1055 here on 680 CGOB. Um, it was about Mark Scheifele and, and yeah. Connor Hellebuck. We were discussing him previously as well, Luke Fox. Uh, and, and if you missed that conversation, you can find us in the CGOB audio vault. Just go to com, find the audio vault. It was right at 1210. Uh, or you can go on to our podcast, Jets at Noon, uh, at like you're sending an email. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on, on Apple Podcasts. That there could be a scenario where if the Winnipeg Jets do decide that they're not getting as much bang for their buck as they believe that Connor Hellebuck is worth, they might take that into uh, into the regular season in September. You could see Connor Hellebuck, but also Kelly. You could also see Mark Shifley as yeah. well. I,
2: I, th- I think you will see yeah. Mark Shifley. I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, th- there hasn't been anything, uh, at least publicly, yeah. from his camp, at least not expressed as publicly as we've heard from Pierre Luc Dubois and Connor yeah. Hellebuck. So I'm not saying that that you know maybe Mark Shifley isn't thinking it's a time for a change of scenery. And maybe the Jets feel the same way too. But we don't know that conclusively. All we know is that he's also going into the final year of his contract, and Mm. the Jets are certainly, I think, not going to place themselves into a position of walking him into unrestricted free agency. He'd be a March 1st. Uh, candidate, but you know at least if you do start the year with Hellebuck and Shifley, you mm-hmm. know that gives you more of a fighting chance to be the playoff contender that this management and ownership wants the team to be. Without a doubt, without a doubt, and you know it's it's
1: interesting that we really haven't we haven't heard anything at all from from Shifley's camp. No. in regards to this, and it seems like the way that things are trending in the National Hockey League doesn't matter if you're an RFA or a UFA in your final well, year. Look what's going on in Calgary. Yeah, and, and I am
2: just going to say that yeah. it, it is out there right yeah. now with so many names out there that maybe it's, you know, maybe the Shifley camp has also said, you know what, let's take a deep breath, pull back and, uh, you know, and see how things look three, four, five, six months from now.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And there could be something that comes up. I mean, there's been talk, things are simmering. Uh, and of course, again, you, you get all the general managers in one place in a place like the draft. Hey, it's a psst. conversation. Toth was talking to Poitras <laughs> over over by that window there. I yeah. think something's cooking. Did, did Poitras look annoyed? Because that's usually how I am when I'm having to listen to anything
2: from Jim Well, Toth. Poitras threw a glass of water in Toth's face. <laughs> That's just that's just normal.
1: Yeah. That's absolutely yeah. normal. Anyways, uh, Kelly, thanks so much for joining me over the last couple of days. This has been an absolute blast with you here. Uh, Jim is gonna be back tomorrow. Thank you very much to Jeffrey Fortune for producing the show. Draft Day tomorrow. We're gonna have tons of coverage. Yeah, on the um, sports show as it goes. Yeah, you, you absolutely. On the sports show right here on 680 C J O B down in Nashville. Who are the Winnipeg Jets gonna pick at 18th? Is that picking a move? Well, I have a feeling that they're probably going to be picking at 18th, yeah. but you're going to see a lot of people that are going to be wanting to move around here. You got the Predators. Ottawa always seems every year to be saying that they're looking to move up in the draft. I think every team is looking to move up the draft. If they can make a trade, are you willing to give up the assets? Are you willing to give up the pieces? All this will be answered tomorrow on NHL draft day. It's sure to be a busy one here in Jets Nation. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Again, I'll be back same time tomorrow. See you. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.